Bam, bam. Hey, what's going on? How is everybody doing? It has been a minute. Welcome back to the MMA Traffic Report. As always, I'm your host, CJ. You can find me on Twitter at CJMMA. Spell it out, C-E-E-J-A-Y-M-M-A. Uh, you got any sh- questions, any comments, whatever, for the for the show, feel free to please reach out, hit me up. Uh, same thing at Gmail. If you want to email the show instead, feel free to get us at us that way. Uh, it's been a minute since I've done one of these. I'm not going to lie. I apologize. You know, life's been pretty fucking crazy. It gets that way sometimes. I really want to get more consistent. I want to do this more. Uh, I want to bring content. Uh, I'm working on a YouTube channel. I know. I always tell you guys I'm working on shit, and I promise it's coming. Everything's coming. One of these days, like, all of a sudden, like, all this is going to be there. It's all going to click, and you guys are going to be like, oh, shit, he wasn't bullshitting. So don't worry. He'll get there eventually. Uh, It's small, small baby steps. You guys will see it coming. I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, Today is Wednesday. Happy 4th of July. Happy birthday, America, just the other day. Uh, And we are getting ready. Everybody had the week off, basically. There's, you know, small promotions did their thing. Uh, but we are getting ready. Got to take a drink of water. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, we're getting ready for UFC 264, the trilogy fight, Dustin Poirier taking on Conor McGregor. Uh, I'm super pumped for this whole fucking card. There's so much talent on it. Uh, the co-main event, uh, Wonder Boy, hopefully it, you know, if he gets the win here, he'd be looking at maybe a title shot against Usman, the only guy in the top five who hasn't uh, lost a, a Usman yet. Um, going against Gilbert Burns, this is a super tough fight for Burns coming straight off the loss uh, to Usman. But I'm pretty pumped to see him back in there. Uh, I love both those fighters. I think that one's going to be a banger. Sean O'Malley's on this card. Carlos Condon's on this card. Nico Price, Michael P. Uh, Michelle. Fiera, Fiera, I feel like I'm saying the last name wrong. I usually say it right. I, I'm, it's in the car, guys. Don't judge me. Uh, but uh, Jessica I uh, is taking on Jennifer Maya. Both those ladies have challenged for a title. Uh, we got um, so many other great fighters. Uh, Ryan Hall's back on this fight. Uh, we haven't seen him. He's taking on an undefeated guy, uh, Ilya. I can't think of his name. Neither guy lost in the UFC yet. Someone's got to give there. That's going to be a great fight. Um, A lot going on on this card, and I'm super pumped. I can't wait. And I think we're just going to go – we're going to go with the main event first. And we're going to talk about Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. Uh, As stated, it's trilogy. Third time this fight's going down. Uh, First fight back in, I believe, 2014 – maybe 2013, uh, was back at 145. Uh, Connor was on his tear on his way up the featherweight chain. Dustin Poirier had already been a staple, been around for a minute, kind of struggled in some of the bigger fights at that time. Um, I really wish I would have looked at Dustin's record, uh, his older record. But those were like, you know, a lot of the WEC days. Um, and then Fightville documentary. If you guys have never seen that, you guys should check out Fightville. You learn a lot about Dustin Poirier, who he was, the kid coming out of Louisiana. And to see who he is now, it's fucking amazing. So I suggest you guys check that shit out. Um, <clears throat> anyway, first fight, 
Connor Mania was everywhere. Uh, the shit talking was crazy. Um, Dustin Poirier at the time was kind of more known for his Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He had a couple darts chokes, if I remember right, at the time. Uh, I think he had back-to-back maybe, uh, which I think the only guy in the UFC to do that is Tony Ferguson. I might be wrong. Something like that. Anyway, real select people, uh, really elite people. And Connor really got in Dustin's head. Dustin wanted to shut everyone up, shut Connor up, shut the hype train up. And he tried to brawl with Connor, uh, and Connor clipped him, put Dustin down. First round, I believe inside two minutes. Uh, it was a spectacular performance, you know, by Connor McGregor. We know he went on Chad Mendez, Jose Aldo, Eddie Alvarez, Floyd Mayweather. It, there might be another fight in there. Uh, maybe Devin Seaver was after Poirier. I don't know. Anyway, um, and then that was actually the fight, though, if I remember right, that was the fight that changed Dustin Poirier from a 145 fighter to a 155 fighter. I believe after the loss to Connor, he thought the knockout happened uh, because he was cutting too much weight and he was depleting too much of his body. I might be wrong on that. I do believe Dustin rattled off, I think, four wins. Sorry, that fucking light changed quick on me there, fellas. Ladies, too, if any of you listen. Um, sorry, dropped something. <coughs> but um, what was I saying? Lost my spot, lost my spot. One second, Dustin Poirier. Oh, rattled off four wins after the Conor McGregor loss. And then I think he got starched by, I think it was his, maybe his first headline against Michael Johnson is uh, the man who beat him, and then since then, his only one loss has been to Khabib, a common opponent. Connor also lost to Khabib, and then he had the one no contest with Eddie Alvarez, but he avenged that loss. Again, another common opponent between the two. Uh, Both of them have a win over Eddie. Uh, Other common opponents these two have, I don't necessarily remember off the top of my head. Um... I don't know, let's move on, let's move on. Uh, so, second fight. Dustin Dustin executed a pretty flawless game plan, uh, in my opinion. I don't know if the first round he was conceding uh, to Connor, uh, but I think part of it was to make Connor wrestle and was to get Connor to use some big energy in the first round. And he, he landed some chippy shots at the, the leg uh, uh, at the leg and calf early that <coughs> Connor, you know, he, he started putting that, that work in the well early. However, when you watch that, that first round, Connor McGregor definitely won the first round of the second fight. Uh, I do believe he would have been up on the scorecard. He landed the cleaner shots. I believe it was in the first round uh, that he landed the right hand that Dustin uh, on the Ariel Hawani back when he was on ESPN, Dustin even talked about there was one of the punches that really kind of clipped him that, you know, kind of stunned him a little bit. It was a right hand. It wasn't actually the left hand from Connor. Uh, I believe that was also in the first round. So, I mean, the first round was very competitive, uh, but I think Connor uh, played kind of into Dustin's uh, game plan. Uh and then those late kicks happened. Connor tried to check the one. The one he did check just kind of made things worse for him. Uh, you know the rest of the story. Dustin unleashed on him. 
uh, let the flurry, didn't let Connor off the hook, off the fence, and put him down. <coughs> it was uh, a masterful performance by uh, Dustin Poirier. I was super happy for him. I was really impressed by because I remember watching the fight and thinking, I remember thinking that the takedown was really simple, but when Connor got back up, I also thought Connor got up easy. So if, if if the idea was to grapple, I thought Connor was going to make the adjustments and probably be able to stop some takedowns because now he was looking for them. Um, and like I said, I thought he finished the first round pretty strong. Uh, but Dustin did what he did, showed why he's been a champion. Uh, I personally like interim champions. I think they're an interim champion is a world champion. Uh, I know some people don't like the belt. Some people don't understand them, whatever. I love them. I think there should be more of them. I think they help keep divisions moving. It's another story, whatever. But Dustin was an interim champion, um, and he is a world champion. And I very much believe he has the tools and the capability to be a world champion. I'm leaning pretty heavy on Dustin <coughs> for this fight. Sorry, I need to more water, losing my voice, losing my voice here, um, I'm leaning heavy on Dustin for this fight, because I think Dustin is clearly the, the more well-rounded MMA fighter, he's the more complete fighter, uh, he has more ways to win, like I said, Dustin, some of his early fights, uh, early stuff, he got some pretty slick submissions, the black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, and he's He's very good. He attacks from a lot of different spots. Um, so he can finish you, you know, off his back on top. Uh, he'll attack things standing. He's got the gas tank. I, have we ever seen Dustin Will in any fight? Like the Justin Gaethje fight, the, the Eddie Alvarez fight, the Dan Hooker fight. Like that gas tank goes for days. Uh, he takes punishment. That's the one thing I do worry about because the one way that I see Conor McGregor winning is a TKO KO, you know, knockout. That that that's the way he beats Dustin Poirier. Um, God, I hope I never said Dustin Ortiz. For some reason, Dustin Ortiz is on my mind. Guy used to fight 125 in the UFC. I think he fights like Titan FC now or something. Pretty good fighter, but I don't know. That name just popped in my head, so I feel like. I hope I didn't call Dustin Poirier Dustin Ortiz at all on this podcast. Um, <clears throat> but back to it. Uh, Connor's one way to win is hands or feet. Because I would love to see Connor return to his kicks. I think when he went and fought Floyd, Connor really fell in love with boxing. And I think part of the reason why he fell in love with boxing is because the different type of workout that you do uh, as a boxer compared to an MMA fighter. And nothing against a uh, professional boxer or, you know, anything like that. I just think the grappling, the the pushing, pulling on each other, the getting up, getting down, the wrestling, the jiu-jitsu, the full MMA game when you're training for an MMA fight and you're doing all that to your body compared to doing just, you know, boxing and I'm working on my hands and my footwork, my angling, my hand, uh, head, you know, all of that stuff, I think that that feels a lot nicer than probably what an MMA camp feels like, especially, you know, when you're in a grinding camp for someone like a Khabib. Um, so I just really think, 
I think Connor killed the grappling for the Habib fight. And if you watch that, you know, the first takedown in that fight, it wasn't the first shot. It was, the, you know, the third or fourth reshot before Habib was able to take down Connor in that fight. Um, so, like, he was, you can tell he was really focusing and training his grappling. And with Easy and how surprising and what happened with the Dustin Poirier takedown, I don't think, I think Connor was kind of in boxing mode. I think he was in a little bit cruise control. Uh, I think he only threw three kicks in the first fight, which is which is crazy because, like, when you first watched Connor fucking come into the UFC, his kicks were like everything. He's spinning, fucking he's hook kicks, fucking leg kicks, faking, you know, axe kick to the, looks like it's coming at your fucking body, it's going to the head. Like, his kicks were everything. His karate style was big, and the, he just fell in, and again, I mean, the guy's got crazy power. I think it's 19 of his his wins are from that left hand. So, I mean, like, of course that's the go-to weapon. Of course that's what he falls in love with. Of course that's what, you know, the money shot is, and that's what he he knows when he lands it right, he puts guys to sleep. But Dustin showed at 55, maybe that's not the same the same thing's not happening again. So now I want to look at, I think about Conor McGregor. Could he make the adjustments that he needs to make for Dustin? <laughs> and I absolutely think so. Uh, I think you can see he's been very narrow-minded in this fight. It hasn't been the same Conor it was last time. He's not Mr. Friendly again. The shit-talking's real. Uh, they've been pretty chippy with each other, getting a little personal. However, you did see Connor like, oh, don't do a takedown or you're a dusty bitch or whatever. Like, that shit's stupid. It's the MMA fight, Connor. Like, if Dustin takes you down, you better get the fuck up. Don't be fucking pissed, you know? Like, get the fuck up. Shut up, bitch. Anyway. Uh, that shit annoys, that, 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 that annoys the shit out of me. It's the MMA fight. If you want to box, go box, Connor. But this is the MMA fight, so be prepared for all aspects of MMA. Um, so I think, I don't think the takedown happens as easy. I think he's a little bit more prepared for the grappling. I think he's more prepared for the leg kicks. Uh, now, checking the low calf kick isn't necessarily something that we see a lot or guys doing. Uh, but however, you check one kick, and you can see that changes fights. Some fights, guys quit throwing kicks after, you know, the one does get checked right. So if Connor's been prepping the shins, been training for that, you know, it could be a different a different aspect. Um, I think Connor will come in more reserved in the first round this fight, kind of like we've seen him with uh, the second DS fight. I think in the first DS fight, Connor, he didn't respect Nathan. He thought he was going to put him to sleep, stop him. And as you see with, with both Diaz brothers, you know, that's not an easy fucking thing to do. Uh, he blew his blows, loses in the second round. He didn't respect Dustin in the second fight. He wanted to be friends, you know. Oh, he thought he was going to touch him again, put him down, uh, you know, same story. Didn't respect it. He loses in the second round. So I expect a drastically different Conor McGregor. However, I don't expect, I don't expect Dustin Poirier to fucking roll over. I, Dustin Poirier's a fucking dog. And I know he's been working his fucking ass off. And I know 
that Dustin Poirier comes to fight every time, and he doesn't quit. So that's why I'm leaning Dustin, man. I gotta, I gotta. He's at ATT. Like he's in there with killers constantly, and we just seen the the footage leaked by uh, Connor and Kobe. We talked about it, and knew when he was prepping for the the Habib fight and everything. Listen, man, that you're trying to get in the mindset. I don't see anything wrong with it. I think the guy who he knocked out, I think, is 18-5 and one as a professional. He maybe isn't the best, you know, striking, but that guy knew what he was doing. He got in there. He was giving rounds to a guy who was getting ready to fight for a world title. Again, it, I, I don't know. I, if you've never been in an MMA gym, I guess you don't you don't know. You don't understand. You think it's harsh. You think whatever. Man, that's that's how it goes sometimes, though. Um, so that's main event, though. You know, like that. That's not even fucking. That's not it, though. The co-main event. The fight at fucking welterweight, 170, Wonderboy taking on Gilbert Burns. Fucking banger, man. <laughs> like I said, Burns is moving up to 170, has been a monster. The only man who stopped him is the current champ. And, and Gilbert came pretty damn close to stopping him, too, you know. He put he put Camaro in the most trouble that we've seen. We know they're former training partners. Uh, a lot of emotion in that fight. For Gilbert after the loss, um, he's a world champion in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, the guy, like I said, monster fucking smashes dudes. And much like the Dustin Connor fight, I do feel very much more Gilbert has the ability to win the fight more weight. Not that. Steven Thompson couldn't choke Gilbert Burns out. We've seen crazy things happen when guys get rocked, you know what I mean? Or, or catch a, you know, an arm bar because he's hurt. What Everything, anything's possible, especially in MMA. Uh, you, every, you know, Holly Holmes kick. Everyone knows anything's fucking possible. Um, however, Wonder Boy isn't going to just let Gilbert, you know, put him on the ground if he wants to get the submission. And I don't know if Gilbert's striking is where it is at Wonderboy level. Um, I do feel Gilbert, though, very much has the ability, like Woodley did when he fought Wonderboy, to kind of blitz, possibly catch, uh, catch Wonderboy, put him down, um, However, I just, Wonderboy's an ever-improving MMA fighter from the karate fighter, kickboxer that he was. His takedown defense is phenomenal. He trains with, like, uh, I know he used to spend time with the Canadian national wrestling team. He used to go up to TriStar. Chris Weidman's his brother-in-law. I mean, it's not like Wonderboy doesn't, doesn't work on this stuff. And it's ever-improving. Um... I do know for Gilbert, there there does seem to be a little personal with this fight, with him being very good friends with Vicente Luque, who Wonderboy recently uh, won a decision over. So, 
And, I mean, that's something to think about, too. Their friends, their training partners, uh, those who just recently fought, what, what did, you know, what did Luke say? What did, what did he tell them? They brought in Raymond Daniels to help emulate Wonderboy's karate style for uh, Gilbert. <laughs> so, I mean, Gilbert's doing everything right to make this, you know, his fight, to stay at the top of the division, to angle for, you know, a Kobe Covington fight, a Jorge Mazadol fight, and get himself right back into a title fight. Because I don't know if a win over Wonderboy will be enough with how he lost the uh, Usman. However, what I fear for Gilbert is this feels like kind of Dan Hooker 2.0 all over to me. Uh, I just, I don't know. I just think the striking is going to be a level above and it's going to be a real issue for Gilbert Burns to get inside, to get to Wonderboy. Um, because Wonderboy's improved too, you know what I mean? Like, he constantly is working as well. Um, so I, I just kind of see Wonderboy picking Gilbert apart, staying on the outside, and not letting Gilbert really, you know, touch him. Uh, I expect some clinches, some things on the fence. If, if Gilbert does get him down, I don't – if someone like a Tyrell Woodley, uh, you know, collegiate Division One uh, All-American wrestler – can't hold who, you know, Prime, that was fucking Prime Woodley when Wonderboy fought Woodley back-to-back. If that guy can't hold, you know, Wonderboy down, I don't know if Gilbert Burns does. And that's no knock on Gilbert Burns. I just don't know if his, his grappling skills are the wrestling skills to hold down Wonderboy. I know he wants them to be, and I know that's, I think, his best ability and his best chance to win the fight. I just don't know if it happens. I see Wonderboy taking this fight. I see Wonderboy taking him apart, playing on the outside. I probably see a decision. Um, Wonderboy's not one of these guys. Uh, Steven Thompson, I don't know why I keep calling fucking Wonderboy. Steven Thompson isn't one of these guys who forces knockouts. When they're there, they're there, and he takes advantage of it. Uh, when he sees he got his opponent hurt, takes advantage of it. He's a very, very smart fighter. Um, but at the same time, he doesn't he doesn't necessarily take unnecessary risks, and he doesn't force unnecessary situations to happen. Um, and he's okay with coasting out to a decision. And I don't know if coasting out to a decision is the right way to, to put it. I just, like I said, he doesn't force the finish but they sometimes happen for him. Uh, I love Wonderboy. I love Gilbert. I'm torn between the fight. I want I want to just see a great fight. You know, that's that's what I expect, and that's what I want to see. Um, and that's, you know, those are kind of the big things I wanted to talk about. Uh, USC uh, 264 for this weekend. Um, I did want to touch, however, on... One of the big things I've seen, and I've seen a lot of people, man, it is rated like crazy all of a sudden. My visibility is shit, guys. <laughs> anyway, uh, one big thing that I've seen going on, I've seen a lot of talk, a lot of people talk about, a lot of people kind of upset about, 
uh, frustrated is the announcement of the interim heavyweight title fight between uh, Gain and Lewis. And a lot of people are really upset and they feel that Derek Lewis or Derek Lewis and Francis Nagano should be fighting or even, you know, Gain and Nagano, John Jones and Nagano. Oh man. My fucking plans, guys. My fucking plans. I hope they're good. They should be good. I gotta check on them when I get home. Woo! Really coming down all of a sudden. Anyway, uh, well, they announced for 265 next month in Houston, we're going to get Jareel Gain and Derek Lewis for an interim heavyweight title fight because Francis Zagano didn't come to the table, or he wants to fight in September or October, I think. He just didn't want to fight in August. And there's been a lot of backlash and a lot of, you know, what the fuck going on with this. And like I said earlier, I don't mind interim titles. They keep divisions moving. They, for whatever reason. I Now, I don't think every division should have two titles. Because um, I think if you have an interim champ, they should fight the real champ as soon as possible. You should make that fight happen. Um... And I almost feel like this makes me feel, and I, I, I kind of have a couple ideas. Um, one, it makes me wonder about, are they trying to set up the trilogy for Francis Nagano and Stipe uh, Mioch? Are they trying to give Stipe a couple more months? Uh, because he said he wanted to put on some size. Um, man, this rain is coming right behind me. It's so crazy right now here. <laughs> uh, I drove out of it, and now I, I'm just watching it come because I'm sitting at a stoplight. Uh, you guys can probably hear it. Also, <laughs> watch the rolling. It's wild. It's like coming sideways. It's not even up-down rain. The wind's blowing so hard. Um, but anyway... And so I wonder if they're they're trying to set up a fight for Stipe and Francis, and we're going to get that later this year. And you need a headline, so you're going to give an interim title, and all you're going to do is now we're going to get, say, like I said, Francis and Stipe. Say that happens October. you got Derek Lewis and uh, Gaines right now they happen in August and then you set yourself up for maybe Super Bowl weekend you have yourself a fucking heavyweight title fight uh, with the two champions coming together option two if you're not doing Stipe right now what if what if John Jones finally came to the table what if John Jones said hey I'm ready November give me fucking Francis sign the fucking contract because I think that's the real fight to make. That's the respect that I think John Jones is due moving up to the a heavyweight division 
doesn't matter who the champ is. That's what you did for DC. We know what fucking John Jones did to DC. I know Pico Bay. I know fucking the hit and run. I know John Jones. He got to be a shit person. But I don't think I don't think that should kind of matter in the octagon. I mean, we're watching fucking Connor fight this weekend, right? We Connor's got some questionable shit. So I think if John Jones came to the table, I think John Jones does get the fight with Francis Ngannou. And then my last thing, and this is my least, my least speculative thing that I think is happening. And I, I'm not insinuating anything, or I, you know, I don't suspect something, nothing like that. But they did change the rules how USADA works. And USADA is not the same anymore. And they don't announce when fighters test positive. And they don't get an announcement until after the case is resolved. And they're going to be suspended. With the history of the heavyweight title in the UFC, if you guys go back and look at some of the champions, you can see it's had issues at times. It's been tainted before. It's been stripped before. And, again, I'm not accusing Francis of something, but with how they test now, possibility that there could be a, a false positive, you know, or some type of positive test that they're investigating right now, and they don't know when Francis Ngannou's going to be back. And... Francis' manager can come out and say whatever he wants to say, like, oh, this, this, and this, and this for my client. And I think Dana White, for the most part, is going to protect his heavyweight champ, and he'll spin it, and he'll, he won't say, like, you know, this is what happened is. But if six months from now comes out that Francis tested positive and they strip him of the belt, and Derek Lewis gains, you know, like, they're the champ now because of whatever reason, Maybe there was things put in motion, put in place for something like that. Uh, there might be a bigger picture. There's always something we probably don't know. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes shit that we don't know. You never, you can never fucking know, you know. Maybe, and maybe it's just, maybe it's just a who's bigger fucking dick contest. Maybe that's all the fuck this is right now. And Dana's trying to pull the big dick, so he's gonna fucking. Guess what? I can make a new champion. You know what I mean? Who? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any inside information. I don't have no dog in this fight. I'm just giving possibilities for why this fight might be happening and telling you that I love it. I love title fights. I love intra belts that keep divisions moving. I think they should happen more. And I love when you get a champion versus champion fight. I think those are some of the best. And I think if you look back at some of the, the recent champion, first champion fights that we've had, they're perfect examples. Uh, Kobe and Usman, uh, when we watch Gaethje uh, go against uh, Khabib, you know, I just, Frank Mir, or not Frank Mir, but Shane Carwin, Brock Lesnar, you know, there's been some classic, classic fights when there's been an interim belt on the line with a real belt. I guess the real belt on the line, not the intro. But you get what I'm saying. I fucking love you guys, and I appreciate any one of you guys who take time, ladies, 
gender neutral people, whatever you, whatever people want to be. Sorry if I, if I offended someone's pronoun. They, them, whoever you are, if you took the time to listen to me, if you took the time to be here, if you care, or you don't care what my opinion is, but you just, you gave me some, some type of attention, a part of your day. I appreciate any and all of you. I respect you, and I wish nothing but the best for you. This has been the MMA Traffic Report. As always, I'm your host, CJ. I appreciate you guys for listening. I hope you have a good one, and make sure you get UFC 264 going down this Saturday.